You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, joined once again by Corey of the Bayou Benders. And this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. We are back after a holiday hiatus. Um, lots of things to talk about: World Juniors, Slavkovsky, um, the goaltending market. But before we get into all of that, Corey, how are your holidays, buddy? They were good. They were actually really good. Went out of town, uh, saw the in-laws. Really cool time uh, out in the sticks, Mason. Out by Shreveport, your favorite hockey team. Shreveport. Shreveport. Mudbuggers. Um, yeah, had a good week. Um, the week in between the work week in between Christmas and, uh, New Year's is just the worst week in the world. Nothing, nothing can be done by any, I I can't imagine like a company actually like getting anything truly remarkable accomplished during that time. Um, and then New Year's was also really good for me as well. Uh, Ravens busted that ass. How are you? Um, so yeah, I, I've been having a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, fuck the Ravens, man. Ah, come on, that's what that's what the that's what the fuck it's the 49ers were saying two weeks back too. No, the Ravens the Ravens have the Dolphins number though. It's always been like this. Whenever we play you guys, they always fuck us up. Yeah, I thought it was going to be different. I, I did. I honestly thought, um, beyond beyond what the score was, because we we've already made it to the playoffs. Um, I didn't like, I didn't like the fact that uh, a team that we potentially might have to play uh, in the playoffs is getting a late look at our team and could get some information on us. Didn't like that. What do you mean, the Dolphins? Yeah, can't the Dolphins? Wouldn't the Dolphins have to play? Did you not beat us like fifty-three to like six or something. It was sixty-two. Yeah, like, I wouldn't be that worried about it if I were you. Hey, man, let me just tell you about a little story about LSU and Alabama. Twenty ten. Twenty ten. Twenty ten. All right, I'm three years younger than you. It's all cool. LSU's just going on this fucking run of the century with backup goalie, insert name, something Lee. Kid was unreal. Fucking go to Alabama. Get absolutely fucking stomped out by Alabama. No, I'm sorry. Beat the shit out of Alabama. To then turn around, which I was more of an Alabama supporter in that time, just because NCAA football was the shit. I loved playing uh, with the Crimson Tide colors. I fucking turned my back on that team because LSU was playing on my fucking birthday. I just turned 18, and they were about to wax the fuck out of Alabama. And Alabama beats their fucking ass. I don't want to hear it. They got a chance to see the fucking team two, three weeks before the fucking I'm SEC. A, the Crimson Tide. We're talking about the the Dolphins. Okay? I know. I'm telling you. I'm, ta- I'm talking just, about championship pedigree. Hear me up. Decades of failure. This is y'all's time. You're on HBO, Mason. We are on HBO. Hey, the last time the Ravens were on the HBO, they won like the next season. If not that season, I think the Ravens won 2000, 2001. And I think they were the first hard knocks team at the 2000 year. So, hey, hey, y'all's, uh, what's his name? Mike, Mike, what the coach? Yeah. What's your coach's name? Mike, what? 
the young guy. How do you not know Mike McDaniel? Mike McDaniel. I, I I'm just blanking. I'm just blanking on him. That's unbelievable. All right. That's all I'm all I'm saying is disrespectful. Look, look what stop. Stop. There's no disrespect. There's no disrespect. I like the Dolphins. I was I was excited for you because you love that team. And one of my friends loves that fucking team. So if I'm not watching the Ravens, I'm chances are I'm watching the fucking Dolphins. I want to see them succeed. They deserve it. But all I'm trying to say is Mike McDaniels. What he's able to do with Tua and help him uh, reach the fucking area he's at now, fuck, that dude's awesome. And it's really showing that you can take, uh, you don't have to recycle hot garbage constantly. You could take somebody and give them a shot and, you know, they could, whether or not they're a great playmaker, uh, I mean, a uh, like a tactician or someone that knows how to help develop very high caliber players. I think he's awesome. Anyway, my uh my holidays were good. I'm I get to watch the Steelers tomorrow. Get to watch potentially the Steelers win on a on a game when Lamar's not even gonna play, or we extend our amazing uh schedule uh win loss. <laughs> <laughs> when lost to what like 15 and 3 which would be cool I think you're at um are you at 15 and 3 now No we would if we won I believe we're at 14 and 3 I think you're 13 and 3 13 and 3 14 and 3 though. I don't think there's 18 games in the season Is it 17 Yeah Whatever. it's 7 I'm not the best mathematician yeah, and be, it's yeah. my it's it's my first year watching football again. The last time I watched football, we didn't even have this many games. So yeah, Mason, how was you? We're thirteen and three. Thank you. How was your break? Oh, it was pretty good. Definitely needed. I've got myself into some really uh disgusting sleeping and eating habits over the break. <laughs> um, gonna have to break those, but no, it's been it's been fairly decent. Good. I'm happy for you. It's the time to unwind from school. Yeah, this is kind of my last day because I work um, Saturday, Sunday. So I uh, basically working until I go back now, which I'm not exactly thrilled about. But what do you do? Well, you use it as motivation. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, you're not going to be – yeah, you might be a little tired, but you haven't turned your brain off like most of your cohorts. My cohorts. You've you've worked out in the offseason. You're ready. Just look at it like that. Sure. <laughs> we'll do that. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, where do we want to start, Mason? We want to. We talk Habs, or do you want to talk World Juniors? Because I'm excited. I'm excited. We waited a little bit, well, and I was able to take in all of it. Let's talk about the World Juniors for you. Hooray! Could, I could give less shits about the World Juniors. Hooray! I know someone's a little thrilled today. I am thrilled. It's our sixth gold. I know that might be funny to. Other people in the higher regions of North America. Uh, but it was a great win for a team that was just disgusting. It was a pleasure to watch. Uh, Fowler, who the games that he played, he let in. He let in some goals. They weren't bad. But I think my favorite part about watching him was... Um, Number one, the team, most of the team was sick. They were in and out. They're dealing with a bug. I think it was the flu. Um, I'm trying to think. I think Denmark was our second game. If I'm if I'm correct, we played Denmark, and that was Fowler's first game. Then the next day, it was supposed to be uh, Augustine, and he got the flu. So Fowler had to play an immediate back-to-back setup. 
And I was so excited for that because I said, you know, considering he's not going to be the starter, this is a great opportunity to see what he's what what happens when he's in this type of moment. And he ended up winning, winning that game. Looked pretty good. I believe he's he let in three goals. One of them was a power play. Uh, one of them was a bit soft. And the other one was, it was I think it was like a, a two-on-one situation. And he did his best. But I was uh, I was very happy to see uh, him get a, an opportunity. That wasn't, here's another game. Here's a shitty situation that you need to overcome. And I thought he did a bang-up job doing it. And Lade Hudson looked really good, too. Um, I think Lane Hudson would have shined a lot more if he, he didn't have all of uh, Boston College for playing in front of him um, and hogging some of it. But Lane Hudson set up a lot of great goals um, and had one or two that I remember that were fantastic. Um, Yeah, I was really happy that Fowler was kind of able to steal the job. Trey Augustine, this is his final year of World Juniors um, mm-hmm. eligibility a big name in the sport of hockey, at least in the prospect scene. Um, he was the guy last year. I think everyone kind of expected him to be the guy this year, but Fowler, you know, took the took the role and ran with it. So it was nice to see that. Um, I think if you're a Habs fan, like that pick has to continually look better and better every game, right? Mm-hmm. He's been absolutely phenomenal on the... Um, and sorry, in the college hockey setting. Um, yeah, with BU. He's, I think are, he's only lost one game this season. Yeah, he's been great. Just great. Um, played every game, too, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the number one there. Yeah, has a 925, 2.16 goals against average. He's just been a menace, a true number one. Um, and then his performance at the World Juniors was just incredible, too. So. Nice to see him really performing on it's, all cylinders. It's great to you remember you remember his little mini interview that they they gave us a glimpse of uh during the highlights from the the draft. Um he's he he looked confident. He confident, very sure of himself. Um and this world juniors forced him to take to kind of like check that and he did a bang up job. You know, Trey Trey gets sick. They put the plate immediately. Okay, you're going to play fucking 120 minutes of hockey in 48 hours. And I felt that what we felt watching that interview process, we we got a chance to see what he's backing with it and that was tremendous on a world stage. No, absolutely. I totally agree. Um, I think it just shows that it's not false confidence, right? Yes. Now, I didn't watch um, a lot of U.S. Um, games. I honestly didn't watch a lot of the World Juniors this year. I was super excited for it, and Canada kind of let me down early. <laughs> kind of my lack of interest. Were there sort of... any guys you were impressed with with Canada? On the Canadian roster, I think Macklin Celebrini really... Um, you know, I was hyped for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew he was, you know, projected number one this year. And how how old is he? me? I think he showed me that he's a little bit better than I thought he Expected. was. Seventeen. Nice. Um, yeah, seventeen was the number one option. Canada, um, was a top. Let me see. I think if you're talking about including preliminaries, I think he was a top five scorer in the entire tournament. As a seventeen year old, that's impressive. Um, he just looked really, really solid, and um. He like was, said, was the automatic number one option for Canada from day one, which as a 17 year old on team Canada, who isn't named Connor Bedard, that's difficult. It's not an easy thing to do. So it was um, really nice to see. Uh, 16th and goals and never mind. That's his number. You figured out. <laughs> I'm not about to embarrass myself further. Nine, nine. Great counting. Sorry, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking trying to figure out what you're trying to I, I uh, just meant um in terms of like non like finals and stuff like oh, that. Oh, like, okay. I see what you're saying. Not not overall. Yeah. 
um he did pretty well but yeah i didn't get a chance to watch much of canada but um i got to watch games this year and it was very fun this is probably this is the most yes and i would love to keep this tradition going for myself this was the most world juniors i've watched and it was very enjoyable well, I understand why y'all love it. Unfortunately, just because of the nature of when school is, um, mm-hmm. the world juniors tend to lie exactly when I need to be working <laughs> a lot to <laughs> yeah. make money to fund myself. So um, wasn't able to watch it as much as I previously have. But growing up, this was always like, because we'd have the winter break off in high school, elementary school, right? And then every day get up early watch all the world juniors it's my favorite tournament in hockey and you know people can say what they want oh tsn brainwashed us to, <laughs> to kind of love it and blah 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 it, it is <laughs> the best tournament in the sport and i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we are so th- um starved with best on best right yeah um and this just shows that people want best on best hockey i was going to um, say uh just just I guess, in my opinion, to for this honestly being like the first from start to finish watching of a world juniors for me, it it made me feel so jealous to not have best on best at a professional level. Like this was so fun to watch. And I know that all you know, most of these kids are gonna get a great opportunity to to potentially be the next generation of nhl players um it just it hit home that we don't have that at that level what do you mean like that we don't have um the the best of the best in the olympics we don't have the best and the best we don't have a uh like a world juniors for the nhl guys we don't have the world cup of hockey we don't yeah we don't have we know we don't get to see Connor McDavid first. Yeah, we get to Austin see Matthews. great guys yeah. represent their country, but we don't get to see the best. No, I and this has been a conversation that many people have had before us, many people will have after us. I'm sure we'll mm-hmm. talk about it again too. It it is so frustrating though, right? Because you see how electric the tournament can be and I guess you kind of it's a what if right yeah I think it's it's a what if and it's it's a shame that that we're wasting we're wasting the years of fantastic players that could have done something insane that could have left their mark like more than TJ Oshie for America and his shootout you know which is that's what we got you know that's that's the one that gets brought up the fucking most We'll never get that. Well, we could, you know, but we don't have that. And there's the the generation that I grew up watching, they never got that opportunity except for the last little bit of them. You know, I have a bone to pick with uh with the IIHF. Um, these stat listings on their website are just horrific. They they do nothing for goalkeepers. You click Jacob Fowler, and it, it's it's all offensive shit. Games played, goals, points. I have a bone to pick with the IHF in general. Um, you know, I think we've praised it to start here, but yeah, now will... now it's now let's be critical. Why the fuck are these games five a.m. I'm not going to criticize that. That that's that's an americanism right there. I'm sorry, but guess what? I watched the US game at 5 a.m. against I think Czech or Slovak. Fantastic game, but Jesus Christ. It's at 5 a.m. because they're in Sweden. No, I get that. I get that, but it it really wasn't helpful. There wasn't I don't think there was a fucking evening game. There was no it was all matinees and earlier. Because an evening game in Sweden would be like midnight like it w- it would be like four in the morning it should anyway sweden, i'm just i'm just sweden kidding like, sweden's like six hours ahead of where i live i'm just kidding i'm just hoping wherever the fuck they go next year 
it's somewhat closer to what I can do. Perfect. Is it Ottawa? Yeah, it's Ottawa. My big bone to pick with is the fact that I like watching hockey and what the IHF is trying to create is not hockey. Um, You know, obviously I have some beef with the whole Cutter Gautier hit. Mm -hmm. It was the cleanest hit I've ever seen. Um, The fact that there was even a game misconduct there is just ridiculous to me. It was it was a clean hit. He didn't, you know, he didn't jump into him. Mm-hmm. People that are complaining about it, I think, like, grow the fuck up. It was it's another big hit. ass hit in in this game today, and they didn't. It's a hockey hit, on. and what people need to understand is that, and uh, I know, like, I, whatever I say, there's gonna be, there's gonna be some sort of response, right? But you need to accept that. If there's going to be hitting, hits like that are going to happen. Nothing about that was on Cutter Gautier. He he didn't jump into him. People are taking it frame by frame and showing that his feet left the ice after the impact. When you collide with someone going that fast, you're not just going to stay on your feet the whole jumping and feet leaving the ice it's not does his foot leave the ice for half a second after he hits somebody it's does he jump into the hit is he jumping up is he taking a you know what a running start mm-hmm. to go smash into someone the nature of the rule isn't to eliminate momentum knocking a guy off the ice for half a second right And what people need to realize is that when you have these kids and these men moving at 20 kilometers an hour, if not more, and they weigh as much as they do and they're as tall as they are, there's going to be some big hits. There's going to be stuff where guys get blown up. Now, headshots and hits from behind, we can absolutely eliminate those, but when Cutter Gautier comes head full of steam into a guy and hits him in the chest, and there's a little bit, I I honestly didn't see any head contact, but there's a little bit of follow-through maybe, Mm -hmm. you need to accept that that's going to happen. Because you cannot penalize a player because there's incidental contact. I understand the IHS has a different... Any contact is head contact to them. Mm -hmm. I didn't see any there. I'm just talking from a broad perspective. Yeah. In my opinion, you cannot fault a player because no hit is the exact same. So if you're going to start penalizing guys, because one hit that's clean, the exact same hit, if you do it 10 times, could be dirty another time. There Mm -hmm. needs to be consistency. I hate rules where there is not no consistency. And... I, I really, I just, I truly believe that if you're going to allow hitting, you need to have a bigger stomach. Because I've seen bigger hits in soccer in my fucking, like when I played soccer in Ontario than I did on the ice in the IHF that were being called. Like it's kind of ridiculous. The amount of contact is being penalized and suspended now. The worst one was that. Did you see what happened in that Swiss game? Uh, I'm blanking on it. One of the players literally just like tapped a guy with his stick. Mm-hmm. Like barely touched him. And he was ejected <laughs> for spearing. It was the worst, honest to God, it was the softest penalty I have ever seen in my entire life. That's tough. I get it that they're trying to make it like... They want a clean game when it comes to like the worlds, you know, um, which I can respect, but it's, you make valid points. It's, it's over. If there is a line that they can make, that's not that they're way above it. But do you want a clean game of hockey or do you want a clean game of something else? And that's my point. Hockey is a physical game. Mm-hmm. 
there is contact. It happens. And people say they're turning it into soccer. And I would argue it's even worse than that. Now, I'm a little biased. I played soccer all my life. But there's a lot more. It's getting to the point where like you can't even bump into a guy. And they call it. Like it's uh, it's just pathetic. And I say the league needs and the community needs to come to a decision. And I you know, honestly, I think they have. I think this is them phasing out what we love about the sport. And what really gets me is that, and you can attest to this more than I can, you talk to people about in other countries other than Canada, like the U.S., or maybe you talk about it in Europe, right? What do they love about hockey? If they barely know much about it, they talk, oh, the, the fighting. Hitting. The fighting. And the hitting, right? And you're trying to eliminate that. It is so counterintuitive. It is so sad. I hate it. And this tournament really reinforced to me that that is the direction we're going. Right. Well, hopefully that's just on the world's level. Maybe, but <laughs> it's not. You can see it in the NHL too. Yeah, you can see it, but it's hopefully it's not. It doesn't get. It's not. Be, it doesn't become gross, like grosser. I know this year has been kind of tough. Hopefully, it, if it's if it's going to get to that, hopefully it's just baby steps, small gradual movement. I don't want it to get there, but it's out of our control. Hopefully, it's just a slow to very slow process. Anyway, Lane Hudson um, fights with the gloves on. No suspensions. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. Nice to see <laughs> a little bit of fire from him, eh? Yeah, I loved it. I was like, hell yeah. 5'10". People complained about his size. I don't think that's a bad size. Um, had a good had a good World Juniors. Um, stuck up for himself and his fucking teammate. Um, cut, cut his like... Fuck, like right below his lip. Oh no, right above it, like right, right by the nose. Took a mean fucking high stick. Um, not a high stick. I'm sorry. Uh, slashing. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm happy with our prospects. If it if it didn't work out for Team Canada, at least the Canadians' prospects put on a clinic everywhere. Um, yeah. Well, did did but Owen Beckham had a great tournament too? Yeah, he had a fantastic tournament, even against the U.S. Uh, against Lane Hudson, had a great fucking opportunity, um, and even the even the uh, the announcers, you know, had, was like, uh, you know, he he probably caught on to this trick doing the um, uh, the preseason training. You know, he's like he probably he probably caught on to this, and now we we got to see it utilized against him. You know, I thought that was that was hilarious. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I know it didn't work out for you. I thought it was a great World Juniors. I could be, I could, it could be one sided. One because the U.S. won, but two because it was like truly my first full time watching one and having that opportunity. I enjoyed it, even even though it was a bit soft. <laughs> It was great to see, um, oh, uh, you know, a, a young best of best. Um, we didn't really, we don't really get that down here, you know. Uh, did not watch this legally, you know, and never will. Unfortunately, it'll never, it'll never be like that. And it's, it's, I got to see what you guys get to experience your entire lives and will experience for the rest of your lives. I thought that was really cool. Anyway, Mason, uh, let's see. We have an ad for my friends over at DraftKings. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's see what we got for tomorrow. Tomorrow being Saturday or today. Uh, I'll have it out tonight. Uh, we got uh, Calgary versus Philly. Philly's been fun. Uh, Florida and Colorado. Tampa Bay and Boston, New York and Montreal, Toronto, uh, San Jose, uh, Minnesota, Columbus, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, uh, Vancouver, New Jersey, Nashville, Dallas. Jesus, who the fuck? Uh, St. Louis, Carolina, Ottawa, Edmonton, New York, 
Islanders versus Vegas. Is that the entire league playing tomorrow? Jesus. Um, that is insane. Anyway, download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can bet can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets with betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after insurance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after insurance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms with responsible gambling resources nhl and the nhl shield are registered trademarks of the national hockey league copyright nhl 2023 all rights reserved fuck all right mason um done with world juniors let's talk a little habs hockey yeah absolutely um well, let's just jump right into Slav. I mean, I know we keep talking about him. He's been the highlight. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been fun. Conversation lately. But yeah, he's been absolutely phenomenal. And that top line's really starting to kind of click together now. It, it's been exciting to watch. Um, Suzuki's almost point a game. Slav's, um, you know, I, I would say the last couple of games he's been close to. He's been putting up a point nearly almost every match like he's just been phenomenal since he's got um, he's got two in the last five and every game myself i'm sure you twitter community uh the fuck the guy's name whatever the guy's name is that that's always talking during the games always saying that he's getting more comfortable looking more comfortable he's got seven points in his last nine games yeah he's he's been fun to watch we're not even talking about it. Like you remember like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, actually fucking a month ago, since we haven't talked, um, we were just like, yeah, he's, he's really starting to play the body and, and utilize his body. Yeah. He's doing that now, but now he's starting to just, he's trying wild shit offensively. They're giving him the puck more. And sometimes we're still like, you got it. You got to take that chance, but he's getting really creative in front of the net. Um, or right outside of the crease and and trying to get in front. He is evolving, and I'm enjoying the pick that much more. Yeah, I I really need to eat my words a little bit previously because if he can continue to con- to play the way he has been, um, I would argue he's been outplaying all of his fellow draft eligibles recently. Logan Cooley really has... He looked hot at the start, but he's taken mm-hmm. a bit of a step back. Um, recently, I be- I don't think he's like he has eighteen points in thirty seven games. Slaff has fourteen. Yeah, like I said, seven is last nine, right? So he's really been um putting it on. Um, and he's got a lot of games where you know you almost say he should have had an assist on that play. Um, because there's, yeah, there's many a games where he's scoreless, but there was multiple moments where he that should have been something. Absolutely. Um yeah, I've just been I've been really, really happy with this play lately. I'm always watching him because it, it seems like something's always gonna happen when he has the puck. And he's been making the right play. And I love that quote he had recently about he's working his ass off. Like Whatever Slaff's um potential is, mm-hmm. fully confident that he's gonna reach it because work ethic work ethic is not an issue for this kid. He works no. his ass. <laughs> he does, just like he said, right? And um, it's nice to see that it's finally paying dividends. I think with Slaff, you know, like it's you want to say that like his worth ethic is his number one priority, which it is, but. 
the way he carries himself and is now proving, it seems like it's effortless. Like this would be the ex- the extreme of of many NHL players to 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 find a way to 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 get a work ethic like he has, and it almost feels like this is just average to him. I don't know. Maybe that sounds a little ridiculous. I feel like uh, we will. He nor his fans will have to worry whether or not he's working hard. He's going to probably work harder than um, most most guys in the NHL. I just think that that's <laughs> that's not even an option for him to not do that. Kind of like Brendan Gallagher, like whether you know, yeah, no, I whatever agree. you're getting, you like know, I that said, that dude's going to work his bag off. Is there? He's going to work his ass off. He's he has been working his ass off, and it's nice to see that. He almost called his shot um, at the draft. He said, it sounds like Caulfield and Suzuki need a winger. <laughs> well, look where he is now, right? Um, yeah. And we so, were we were all critiquing that line in the beginning, saying that that's not yeah. – we should not be putting all of them together. It does not work. And now it's – when that line's out, it's – it's. I, don't, I could care less about anything else. Watching them become creative – it's just uh it's artistic at this point. And um not long ago, I mean it's it's been a little bit, but I remember we were hammering that he needs more minutes. We're not gonna get he's not gonna get an opportunity if he doesn't get minutes. Uh he's on average play, playing uh at least 19 minutes a game now. So um he's obviously proven that he deserves it and we're look at what we're getting to see of what we wanted i guess i i I know it sounds choppy but um we were complaining he'll never get we'll never get a, a true evaluation of him if they don't give him the minutes now they're giving him the minutes and everybody's having to take their words back he's been tremendous to watch and very fun yeah no um and not just regular um, five on five minutes, but he's been getting the opportunities on the power play and making them count too, right? Mm-hmm. So it's nice to see that he's able to um, kind of take his opportunities and run with them. Yeah, it's been great. Um, Saturday, who are they playing? Uh, I think I said the Rangers. Great opportunity to see him again. Is that right? Rangers? Yeah, I mean... It'll probably be a, a little yeah, bit of a full game to watch. <laughs> Rangers are pretty fucking good. They're first in the league. Um, yeah, they're they're pretty fucking good, but that's what we want this team to do. Play the best, see what they can do. I know that not every fucking team they're gonna do that too, but they did really good against Dallas, even though Dallas doesn't have Ottinger. Um they're they're building chemistry that I'm loving, and the Rangers are a great test of to that line. Yeah, I I think what I'm loving too though, um, and it sounds like I'm a hater, but <laughs> I love that we're winning games or no, sir, we're not winning games. Um, we're doing well and we're playing meaningful hockey. Our young guys are doing good, but we're still losing games too. Yeah, um, it's, impor- it's important. Keeping <laughs> towards a bottom five pick again, um, that could really help us, especially in a very deep uh draft this season. Absolutely. You're you're a hundred percent right. The offense is looking good as far as people are getting their reps. We're putting up numbers and we're still either getting the loser's point or losing. We are winning some games. I believe uh we've been doing pretty pretty well, but it's been great. It's been great knowing that everybody who needs to be uh accelerating <laughs> in their career is doing doing good at a good pace, and we're still slowly climbing down and getting a better pick. Yeah, I'm I don't know, like I'm sort of at a loss for how we're doing as well as we are if that makes sense um yeah it's like they're just kind of feeling it the Habs are playing above themselves well not even that's what i mean like the Habs are 25th in the league we're not doing good right 
No, but, but the they're doing better than truly. No, but truly terrible hockey teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it has to do with just the inability of teams in, the, in our own division, the Atlantic, to take that next step. We're ahead. We're we're the third worst team in the Atlantic this year. Yeah, but that's again. Buffalo and in the Sens are doing worse than us, and I love. I fucking love that the Sens are doing shit because every fucking year we have to listen to these morons talk about how it's their fucking year. They're going to do so much. Oh, Tim Stutzla, Brady Kachuk, all this firepower they have, and they do fuck all every fucking year. Corey, I love it. I don't know if there's a team in the league I hate, you know, excluding um, Toronto. More than the senders, I fucking hate them. Like they they've taken the crown from Boston for a little bit. I just can't stand that organization. So yeah, I fucking love that they're doing terribly. But when you look at it, they shouldn't be right. Yeah. If if someone if 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 the teams below us were all playing to their potential, Minnesota, Buffalo, Ottawa would all be ahead of us. And so that would have us in 28th. That'd be mm-hmm. a top five pick, right? We'd be doing a lot better um, in terms of draft draft <laughs> ranking. So, and even then, we're still close. Like, we're a win away from being um, 28th in the league for these teams, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's important that... Um, you know, the Habs continue to win games they deserve to win. As in, when the young guys do well, I hope we win games. I hope we win hockey games. I hope we make it worth it. Yeah. But when we're winning games because Josh Anderson scores two goals, Josh Anderson scores, Armia scores, and Sam Montebeau makes 37 saves, th- those are the wins at the start of the season that really hurt us. Um, and could cost us once again a high pick. Like last year, they easily those wins, those stolen games, absolutely cost us. Yeah, a they, chance they burnt us. Right? <laughs> so, in speaking about that and kind of wrapping things up here, I want to talk about um, the Habs goaltending. Mm-hmm. Um, we lead the league in saves or, or in wins stolen. So <laughs> we have. Nine wins of our 16, more than half of our wins are credited to goalies stealing them. Um, the four, so the top four goalies um, in terms of stolen win percentage are Joseph Wall, Samuel Montembeau, Jake Allen, and Caden Primo. <laughs> it's all three of our goalies. Um, yeah, which is great for us because it's great in terms of trade value. Yeah, and it would be great if we were competing for the playoffs, but if Ken Hughes fails to make a deal for at least one of these guys, it could be one of the most disastrous things. Like I, I would say it's pretty unforgivable. I think <laughs> it's, so I think it's coming. I don't. I have faith. You have to have faith. These guys have done a pretty remarkable job. You can, you can, you could, you know, grab little crumbs if you want, but. These goaltenders are, are leading us to get something fantastic, and I I think we are. I think we're at the perfect time. It's after Christmas now. Uh, we're past the halfway mark, and all three goalies are playing really well, and I think we're going to get a great return on somebody. I hope so. Um, I would, you have to be I optimistic. Stop Stop being I would old. hope that in a market such as the one the Habs find themselves in with teams like the Leafs in particular, that they're able to do something. But the goalie market's weird, right? <laughs> all I can say is that I don't I know. But look at look at all the, the goalies that are hurt care. or or getting shipped like. Sam, even really... go, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. I don't even really care what the fucking return is, though. That's the worst part. You just want somebody gone and, and that I just be a good want, one? I can't have us draft another fucking linebacker because of a goalie. <laughs> I understand. I really hope David Reinbacher something. I didn't get a chance to, to bring it up, but uh, Axel Palenka 
Is that correct? Palica. Mm -hmm. Palica. He looked on fucking real. And a lot of the guys that we talked to Sebastian High about played out of this fucking world. I just hope that we can get that with David Reinbacher. I understand where you're coming from, though. I would, I like, I like him. I like his enthusiasm. Um, the little bit of games we saw before he got hurt, um, he played well. But we could have drafted uh, Will Smith or anybody in that top group that we got fucked out of, and then chose not to grab. Look at Gabe Perot. You know, I wouldn't have drafted him that high, but Jesus. Hmm. Played unreal as well. Frank Nazar. Do you do you want to even pretend what, what you think the uh what the, what do you think the return could be on some of these guys? Who do you think would give the know. most return? I don't think the it's so weird, right? That I I think it's difficult to predict. Um I think it this is the perfect one to play into it just because of the weirdness of goaltending this season. Same I have one. no idea. I don't know what a goalie like Jake Allen is worth because he's worth more to different teams, right? Right. And because goalies are so I'm not saying Jake Allen is in is particularly inconsistent. Mm-hmm. I would say he's consistently mediocre. But the position itself is just one of inconsistency. Well, let's talk are you about willing something- to it, uh-huh. it all relies on how desperate a team is. A team like Toronto should be willing to give up anything. Right? Their right. season hangs in the balance. A team like Edmonton should be willing to give up anything. The issue is a lot of those teams don't have a lot of assets to give up. They have either first-round picks or low round picks. A lot of them don't have those mid-ranged prospects even. And so I do think it's a little difficult to determine what the Habs get, but I I certainly hope the Habs do get something because we're in a position to out, you know, out muscle a bunch of other teams and to really strong arm the goalie market. And if we fail to do so, I, I know you're saying Corey, like have faith, I'm just saying if we fail to do so, it will be a complete failure on the side of Ken Hughes and Jeff Gordon. It will be the biggest asterisk um, because everyone's given the asterisk still to Slaff, still to David Reinbacher. This would be a third one, and you guys will never shut up about it. But just look at look at the market. The Rangers, number one in the number one in the league. Shesterkin is finding his game. They're winning because of Jonathan Quick. They could need something. Colorado Avalanche, they're second, and they're fucking... They're not winning because of goaltending. The Winnipeg Jets could definitely use someone to help... Um, you, uh, What's his name? Fucking... Um, oh, my God. Why am I blanking? Uh, Connor Helba could use some help. Vancouver could probably use some help. Dallas, who knows? Ottinger has been day-to-day for fucking two weeks, three weeks now. Vegas, Aiden Hill still hurt. Logan Thompson and who? Uh, I forgot the guy's name. Potentially could use some help. The Kings, who's up until like last week was considered the number one team based off of um, what's that analytic shit that, that the smart people use for NHL? Corsi? Five on five, Los Angeles Kings was the best. They don't really, team. they don't really use Corsi anymore. <laughs> well, whatever you, you know, your your high tech friends. Uh, the Canes suck. Could use goaltending. Toronto sucks. Could use goaltending. Tampa Bay, well, they have Vasilevsky now, uh, but they're not looking to make a push. Pittsburgh could try to make a fucking push. The Capitals doubt it. Detroit potentially. The Kraken maybe. Dorsal's been okay. The Coyotes, why not help fucking Connor Ingram? The Oilers? The Oilers are your, probably your best bet. I mean, obviously, we've heard the rumors for it, but more than half the league has a questionable issue with goaltending that isn't a team that's not going to make the fucking playoffs. 
almost everybody from 20 and up minus like four teams could use something. And a lot of them are desperate for something. And I think that of our guys, Montembeau, Allen, and Primo, we have the three best fucking goalies on the market. I don't see someone grabbing John Gibson over one of these three guys who are playing fucking fantastic, proving that it doesn't matter. Look at, look at the, what's that? With a lower cap hit, too. With a lower cap hit. And they're doing this with this team that could be, if the if the league wasn't as bad in the back end, we could be the last place team again. They're fucking unreal. This is the best opportunity for us to move something. And I think because the, the majority of the league needs goaltending, we're sitting fucking pretty. And I doubt, I doubt our fucking office is going to fuck this up. You just can't. There's too many not. people bidding for it. There's too many. There's going to be too many offers coming in. I certainly hope not, but I'm going to be skeptical. <laughs> I'm going to be all in. I think we're going to make a fucking great move. Well, I certainly hope so. Just got to be like me. Stupidly optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh fuck! Uh you got anything else, buddy? I, I know you should be asking me that, but I know you're getting a little tired. You're about to go back to school. You got to work this weekend, I believe. Um, I think we've knit, we've hit the nail on the head with this podcast episode. Um, I think we've covered just about everything I wanted to get into. Oh, oh, uh, just because it came out this morning, uh, Tavorak out for the season, pectoral strain oh yeah he's going in for surgery tomorrow yeah yeah unfortunately heineman's up heineman is up matt drake is gonna lose his mind hey we love heineman um i do i do but i would love to see uh wah i like wah in the a give him some like wah in the a (laughs) matt's kicking fucking kicking rocks right now um that's it that's the only one that's the only mentioned we needed to add okay well thank you guys once again for some by listening hope you guys all had a awesome holidays um we'll be back um i want to say wednesday so uh we'll record wednesday so thursday we'll be back with another episode um thank you guys once again for some by uh giving us the time of day and we will speak to you guys again shortly Thank y'all. Have a wonderful evening. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.